Welcome back to another episode of the Writer's Advice Podcast. I am so excited that you are here listening in to another episode. I have an incredible author that I cannot wait to share with you today. But firstly, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. And the first is the Six Figure Author Coach. Now, this is a program. If you are a um, a writer and whether you are a self, um, an author, you've got a couple of books under your own belt, self-published, or you're currently a writer, you've got a couple of manuscripts, or you're thinking about getting started on a manuscript and you're like, where do I go next with this? If you have a bit of a business flair or you want to take things into your own hands and self-publish, then this is what I recommend. Rebecca Hamilton is an incredible author she has built the Six Figure Author Coach, which is a so many courses within. So she focuses on marketing, on publishing, on everything that you need to know to take your books to the next level when it comes to sales and treating it as a business, as a self-published author. They run the program 3XP, which is all about prime, profit, and publish and getting the most out of your creativity, essentially, and bringing it to the masses and sharing your stories with the people who are just waiting to read them. They have a full mentorship program, which is the one I recommend. So this is all of Rebecca's incredible courses, all in one, unbelievable support you are put with another successful author who is your coach to coach you through the whole program um, to take your books to the next level and literally it, their their program guarantees you to go from zero to six figures within the tw first 12 months of that program um, so thank you six figure author coach for sponsoring this podcast if you have any questions about the mentorship or about it um then all you can do is contact me ask me a couple of questions and I can put you directly in contact with Rebecca um so she can help find out if it's the right program for you um or if the mentorship's the right program or whether you need just one of the courses within it um yeah so contact me in all the details of the show notes here it is a um Olivia Hillier author on all socials, or you can just go to oliviahillier.com and fill out a contact sheet. Um, and let's get in contact and see if it is the right fit for you. They have literally helped me um, take my first series to the next level, which is the Shadow and Shifter series, the Young Adult Paranormal series, which is about Maya, who can see all the dark lingering shadows that inhabit the earth and its people. She's hid away and numbed herself. She's become the outcast. Humans have made her the outcast and the shifters want her dead. That is until she meets Kay, who is the only other boy who shares the same abilities as she does. Now that she's awakened to her magic, Maya needs to harness the power to overcome the shadows and the other unearthly beings to save humanity from the overtaking evil of the world. It is a six-part series and there is currently four books out in it, Starseed, Quintessence, um, Firelight and Terraform. Soon enough, you will also get access to Awakening and Soul's Fate. And I'm so excited to share the whole series with you. You can now get it on Kindle Unlimited for free. If you want to read it for free on Kindle Unlimited, the paperbacks, the um, hardbacks are out now and they're gorgeous, guys. The covers are gorgeous. Chat to me about it. Um, and yeah, Paranormal is your thing. Head, Yeah, give it a read and, and let me know what you think. 
The other podcast sponsor that I want to give a huge shout out that I cannot recommend enough is Booksprout. Now, Booksprout is incredible once again for any self-published author. If you have, or if you are currently sitting on a manuscript and you're like, what do I do with it next? You have a bit of a business flair once again, and you want to go down the self-publishing route. Booksprout is here for you. So Booksprout is a review service, essentially. So as an author, you upload your pre-released books from Amazon, you upload them onto Booksprout and then Booksprout help spread it to readers who want to read it before it's out so that they can review it and that you have more reviews on Amazon so that people can also get feedback. Like, you know, you know, when you, you know, we all know what it's like when we're searching for a book, we want to have reviews. Every author wants to have reviews. It is what helps sells our books and Booksprout does it all for you and gives it to the readers. If you are a reader, I highly recommend joining Booksprout because there is all these incredible free books to to dive into. Um, they have so many different options, whether you have a couple of pen names, whether you have one, whether you're just try, uh, playing around with one book. And like, honestly, guys, if you want to get a hundred reviews, this is the way to go. Go to Booksprout. It is so easy. They have made my life incredible. Um, I highly recommend them. I actually have my next series up on Booksprout now. So if you love, now this is staying in the YA series, it is a little bit of romance, but it's more dystopian. So this is like Matrix meets the metaverse with an absolute badass feminine, uh, sorry, female heroine, Alexa, who finds herself in a very futuristic world and needs to fight her way out of it as her following determines her future. Um, her likes determine what she is allowed to do in the world and she's here to take the network down. There are three. This is book one. So Block Delete is book one of the, the Social Games trilogy, which if you love a little bit of sci-fi, more dystopian, then all my books are up there on Booksprout for you to read and review now. If you want it before it even comes out, which is in July. So you want to jump on it now as they are ARC reviews. So once they are out in the world, they are no longer on there. So if you want to read it for free, I would highly recommend reading it through there. But also you can check it out um, how Booksprout works. So Booksprout is amazing for managing your review team, finding new reviewers, tracking who has and hasn't reviewed it, where they've reviewed it. If you're on Goodreads, if you're on Amazon, honestly, guys, if you're a self-published author, check out Booksprout now. I absolutely love them. Yeah. Um, and I have put the link in the show notes. If you, if you want to chat to me about Booksprout or the Six Figure Author Coach, please reach out to me on any socials at all. Send me an email, um, contact me through the website, all the details are in the show notes now. But before I get into anything else, you know what? Let's just get into this episode. Let's get into the most incredible author that I have on today. Let's welcome them on. Writer's Advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration, and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back to the Writer's Advice listeners. I am so excited because on today's podcast, we have the fabulous Melissa, uh, sorry, Marissa Maya. How are you going? 
Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you. Now you have so many amazing series up your belt and the most your most recent release is Cursed, the second to Gilded, which I can't wait to dive into. But I want to go all the way back to the start and be like, when when did you first realize that you were a writer? I started writing stories when I was a little, little child. Um, I had a really overactive imagination and I loved books and I loved stories. Uh, And when I was about three or so, I started telling stories to my parents. um, And sometimes I would act them out with my dolls and sometimes I would force my my cousins to like perform them with me. And sometimes I would have my mom type them up and print them out so that I could then turn them into little books. Uh, And yeah, so that started really young and kind of continued. I always was telling stories and making stuff up. And I don't have like a clear memory of the realization that this was a potential career option, but clearly at some point I was like, wow, all of these books that I love are made by people and you can get paid to do that. And I think as soon as I made that connection, I felt like that's, that's clearly the job for me. I, that would just be a dream come true. Yeah. That's amazing. And when you, when you made that realization, were you someone that just went full force head into it this is definitely what I'm doing with my life what what was the process from then yeah yes and no um I was always writing I never stopped writing and kind of all through middle school and high school I got into fan fiction and then uh when I was around 16 I started trying to write my first novels so it was always something I was doing but I also was aware that this was a highly competitive job, that there's lots of people who say they want to be writers, but never actually make it, that it's really difficult to get published and, and make money at it. And so there was always this kind of practical voice in the back of my head that said, you know, maybe we should have a plan B. Um, and that plan B changed a lot. Uh, there was a time when I thought I wanted to be an interior designer and a time when I thought I wanted to be a fashion designer, which is funny because I don't actually like clothes all that much. Um, and there, and then at some point I was like, well, if I can't be a writer, I at least want to work with books. And so I ended up getting my master's degree in publishing and I became an editor and later a freelance proofreader. Um, but there was, throughout all of that there was always always this this yearning to be published and to see my name on a book yeah yeah I absolutely love that and how did that like how did that go so you started in editing and publishing before you published your first book I did I worked at a really small uh kind of boutique publisher in Seattle um and they specialized in these just gorgeous art books kind of um you know, coffee table-esque, big, beautiful photographs and paintings and and all of that. And so I worked there for a number of years right out of college, and I loved that job. The books were beautiful, and I learned so much about proofreading and typesetting and design. Um, But art was not my passion. I didn't really know anything about art before I started working there. Um, And so I knew that at some point I wanted to move more into the fiction realm. And, you know, there was, oh, maybe I'll be an editor, maybe I'll be an agent or a publicist. Um, But before any of that could happen, I got my first book published and was immediately like, okay, this is what we're doing now. Oh my God, I absolutely love that. And and it's kind of just been go, go, go since then. Yes. So the first book that you got published, when did you write that? Because you've been constantly writing 
all the time? Were you pitching pre like before that? And when when were you like, I think this is the one? Or did did you think that? <laughs> yeah, I did. So I had tried a number of novels before I wrote Cinder, which was my first published novel. Um, but I didn't finish any of them. You know, I, I would countless novels I would start and some of them I'd get halfway through and some of them I'd get almost to the end. And then some of them I finished, but I lost interest. So I never went back and revised them. So I never tried to get any of those published. Um, but then I got the idea for Cinder in 2008. And pretty much as soon as I had the idea that like, what if Cinderella was a cyborg? Um, and I had this idea of writing a whole series of these futuristic fairy tales and how all of the stories would kind of combine into like one epic space opera type tale. I was just smitten with this idea and I thought this is the coolest most unique idea I've ever had and I love the I love the concept I love the characters um and so it was the one that I felt really really strongly like I have to write this and revise it and edit it and do the absolute best job that I can and I have to try to get it published. Um, but it did take about two years from idea to when I was ready to send it out to agents. Yeah, I love that. And it's it's almost like when you were talking about it, then I just got goosebumps for you. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> your eyes would up you like I saw the whole world. So after mm. you wrote Cinder, did you like did you know everything else that you were going to go into as well? Or did like the whole you saw it further than just that one book to start off with? I knew a lot. I wasn't, I didn't know everything because you're always yeah. discovering yeah. new yeah. things as you're writing. Um, but no, I had a, a pretty good plan in place for the series. I knew which fairy tales I wanted to tell. Um, I had a good idea of how I was going to bring in these other characters and how all of their stories were going to kind of combine. Um, and I had a really good idea of how the whole thing was going to end um, as well. So I did have outlines for all four books before I started writing Cinder. And again, things changed, a lot changed, but but I did have a plan to start with. Yeah, yeah. And how do ideas come to you now? Like how, where do you draw inspiration from? Or is it is it really random like that where something will come through and you're like, whoa, this like it just, it hits you. Where where do you, where does that? It's happen? all over the place. Yeah. It's all over the place. You never know. And that's yeah. part of what I love about being a writer is because ideas just pop pop into your head or you uh, read a cool article I read a lot of National Geographic um, and I get so many ideas from learning about buried treasures and ancient civilizations and you know scientific discoveries and um, so like lots of inspiration just from exploring our world watching documentaries that sort of thing of course reading books I'm an avid reader still um, but sometimes it's more random. Sometimes you hear a snippet of conversation that sparks something or a song lyric makes you feel a certain way. And you're like, I really want to do something with that. Like, it's just, you just never know. Yeah. Yeah. And it, what is that process like for you when you start, when you find something, is it like, okay, jot this down as a note and it comes together later. Is that kind of, or it's like, oh, just keep that idea. Like, away. <laughs> <Is> that... <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I keep an idea file. Um, so I have, I use one note to kind of organize oh, my yeah. life. <laughs> and so I put, I have a, a folder where I put all of my ideas. These days I have so many projects in the works. Um, I mean, I've got my next probably six years of writing planned out. Uh, so when an, a new idea comes, like I try to shut it down as quickly as possible. Like, no, I don't have time for you. We're going to stick you here. 
and maybe we'll come back to it. Um, but there are ideas that refuse to be shoved aside, um, which is then how you end up with 10 projects going on all at once. Um, oh, but I yeah, I do. I, I do make note of everything. And usually an idea will just kind of simmer in the back of my mind. Um, that could be for a few months. It could be for years. And then when I have time to turn to it, um, I launch into researching and brainstorming and kind of the early developmental work. And that also can last for months or years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's so much I want to know about when you, with everything that you just said. <laughs> when you say you've got, I, I love hearing this from writers so much. When you say you've got like six, your, your six years planned, is that because you just feel like, well, firstly, is it more of because you're like working with a publisher, they want to be that far in advance? Or is it just like, I've got these ideas and I know also when you're working with series as well of like what's next what's next what's next yeah but at the same time it's like how do you shut like being able to shut down the ideas that can't come through I just hearing that makes me feel like yes you're just so open to so much goodness and creativity coming coming through you it's like flowing in a in a beautiful way so um I don't actually know what my question was going <laughs> No, no, I am one of the to hear how it was going. Like I've had I know. that much plans. Yeah. I know. It's it's both one of my favorite things about being a writer and one of my biggest frustrations is just the <laughs> sheer amount of ideas that I have and like this knowledge that I'll probably never be able to write them all. You know, there's yeah. just not enough hours, there's not enough years in a lifetime. And that that breaks my heart a little. So I try not to think about it too much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I it's a little bit of both. You know, my publisher, I just signed a new five book contract with my publisher. So that of course gives me an outline for the things that they're expecting from me. Um but I also have books that they didn't purchase, but I'm like, but I still really want to write this thing. So then I think, well, okay, I've got a little bit of a gap in my schedule during these months. So I will write the thing they want and then quickly write this other thing and surprise them with it and hope that they buy it or hope that someone buys it. And, you know, so I've got all of these plans and um, we'll see how it works out. I love that so much. So when you've got this, like, how does it, how, what does a usual day of writing look like for you? Do you keep it pretty structured and um, give yourself set hours? What what kind of is a, an average day of writing? Yeah, these days I have to be really structured um, and it changes, you know, phases of life change your daily schedule and how you work. Um, so I've, I've found that I need to be really flexible and I'm constantly kind of changing these days, since kind of the onset of COVID um, and we started homeschooling my kids and we have, have decided to continue to homeschool because it turns out we really love that. Um, and so, the, but that is a complication for then, well, how do you balance all the things? So for me, a typical day, and I do put typical in quotation marks because no day yeah. is really yeah. the same as any <laughs> other day. Um, so I do kind of, I wake up, I have my coffee, I do my busy work in the morning. So that's, you know, emails and social media and that sort of thing. Uh, then we have a few hours where I'm focused on the girls and homeschooling. Um, in the afternoon, I'll usually try to squeeze in a workout. I'm a runner, so I'm training for a half marathon right now. Wow. So I'll get my run in. Uh, and then that leaves the afternoon and early evening to write and work uh, before it's time for dinner and family time. Yeah, yeah, that's mm -hmm. 
a full-on day but at the same time it's like (laughs) do you feel that best in the afternoon we're like okay I've got that set time together that I can dive dive into this essentially I really I need to have it on the schedule um I need to know that there is a time set aside for it because if I don't have that and if I feel like oh I have all this stuff to do how am I going to get my words written how am I going to get these chapters revised and I don't have a plan for that then it just weighs on me all day long and I can't focus on my kids and I can't enjoy my run and it's just like this constant anxiety um but knowing that you know you've got this hour or two or three hours blocked out or even maybe um okay I'm gonna do school with the kids Monday through Thursday but Friday my husband's taking them and therefore I get the whole day to myself like knowing that there's time for it kind of just helps keep everything under control yeah yeah absolutely I love that and please I want to dive into all things cursed so can you give us a little bit of a synopsis and um yeah yeah Fill all the listeners in. Yeah, sure. So (laughs) Cursed is the sequel to Gilded. Uh, So this is a duology that is a retelling of Rumpelstiltskin, uh, which was one of my favorite fairy tales when I was growing up. I was obsessed with fairy tales. I always have been. And this was one of those stories that just kind of clung to me. And part of it, I think, was because I felt like I had a lot of unanswered questions about the story of Rumpelstiltskin I felt like there was kind of a lot of plot holes things that didn't really get resolved and that really left an impression on my little writer creative brain like there needs to be more to this and so the the concept for Gilded and Cursed is that there's a girl named Cyrilda she's the daughter of a miller and she has been cursed by the god of lies and this has turned her into a liar. She kind of just can't help herself coming up with stuff sometimes, but it also has made her a really fantastic storyteller. Um, one day, one night, this gets her into trouble when she crosses paths with the wicked Earl King, who is the leader of the Wild Hunt. And she tells him that she is capable of spinning straw into gold. Not long after that, she is whisked away to this haunted castle and the Earl King locks her up in the dungeon and orders her to spin some straw into gold for him. And if she fails, he's going to have her killed. Uh, Well, Cirilla can't do this, but luckily there is a very handsome and kind of mischievous poltergeist who lives in the castle and he agrees to help her. But of course, there's always a price to be paid. Um, And that is is the, the premise of the book. I, of course, can't tell too much about Curse because you never want to spoil anything from yeah, the yeah, first yeah. book. But it, it continues the story and there's a lot of things that are revealed about the gods and the the dark ones, the Earl King and his wicked plans um, while Cyrilda and, and Gild are trying to break their curses and figure out how they can possibly have a happily ever after. I absolutely love this. You told that very well too. That's why I was just like, everyone needs to go and get their hands on these right now. That was very, very well told. I do want to know, do you read fairy tale retellings as well? Or do you like to dive into that? But yeah, yeah. Oh, so much. Yeah. One of my favorite genres to this day, for sure. Yeah, that's amazing. And oh my gosh, I love these. I love these so much. So for up and coming writers from where, where you've started to where you are now, and I absolutely love your journey and how much conviction you went in with it as well but also you know just having that plan and and playing with it and having fun to 
to, you know, this amazing career that it's given you. What would be your advice for up and coming writers or someone working on a manuscript right now, um, stuck in the trenches with it? What would you, what would you pass on? Yeah, it's a rough place to be stuck in the trenches. (laughs) Oh gosh. I, there's lots of advice that I feel like I could impart. I think for me, the thing is I'm going to give two, um, two things that I think I needed to hear when I was younger and when I was aspiring. Um, The first one is one that I talk about a lot, and that's the idea of being really patient and kind with yourself. I was not patient and kind with myself. Like I had this dream of being published and it felt like it was all or nothing. And uh, for those first years, I was so focused on the end goal, the result of having a book out that I would just get so frustrated with the journey and the time that it took to learn the craft, to, you know, learn how to write good dialogue and interesting characters. And every one of those books that I started and then didn't finish, it just felt like they were a waste of time. And why is this so hard? Why is this taking me so long? Why am I not published yet? And of course, in hindsight, I can see all of those practice rounds and be like, no, those were necessary. They, I had to get through these various books and manuscripts to learn what I needed to learn. And Cinder would not have happened without all of those books beforehand. Um, and I wish that I could have just given myself a little bit more grace uh, at the time and tried to enjoy that part of the journey more because as once once that part is over and you've moved on and you're now published and uh you know there's a whole new slew of things that you're worried about now um and I I just wish that I look back and think you know there was so much magic in that time and just so much potential and uh it really can be really fun um to be working on your craft and developing different stories so that's my first advice like be patient be nice to yourself. Don't be in such a hurry to get published. Have the dream and keep pursuing it, but know that that's not like, that's not the be all end all. Um, and then the second thing that I was just talking about with um, a wonderful author, Dan Santat yesterday, and we were talking about uh, the idea of how important it is to go out and explore um, and to live life uh, and just to experience new things, to be open to new experiences because again, like we talked about earlier, you never know what's going to spark a new idea. You never know where a story is going to come from. So I think the more you can gather in life, whether that's relationships or skills, hobbies, reading different things, learning about different things, um, then it's all going to come into your your brain and your imagination and it's all going to gel together and it's going to be able to spark some really cool, unique things. Um, But you do need to have to you do have to get out of your comfort zone once in a while to kind of see what else is out there. Yeah, absolutely. I love that advice so much. Just like, yeah, go and live, take it, take it all in, Be, get, yeah. get, get, get on the court. And I, you do, I want to say, because you've got um, the happy writers podcast as well. So mm-hmm. if, if any listeners are not listening to that, definitely dive in because you've got so many amazing authors on there as well. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Marissa. Yeah, I absolutely love the story. I everyone needs to get their hand on Gilded and Cursed and listen into the podcast. But where else can listeners find you? Or the best place to find Yeah. So mostly I am on Instagram is my social media of choice. Uh, and that's it, Marissa Meyer author. Uh, and then of course, yes, as you say, the Happy Writer podcast is pretty much available 
probably wherever they're listening yes. on this, I assume. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go and find it now. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us, Marissa. Thank you.